0: Look how far I've come Look how far I've come Look how far I've come Immigrants, we get the job done (laughs) Yeah, we do Salutations and welcome to another edition of the native immigrants podcast i'm your host swami Barakas, and as always i'm joined by my co-host jojo underscore b what's going on jojo b
1: hi
0: we've been having a little break for two weeks and now we're back
1: yeah sorry i wasn't feeling too good
0: yeah jojo b was still under the weather that's been like what three four months and counting
1: a few weeks, yes.
0: It's felt <laughs> like an eternity because, uh, you, know, I've, you know, I haven't had my cheerful, joyful, bubbly co host Jojo B alongside me. It's been me doing pretty much everything. Yeah,
1: so's about that.
0: Sign of the times for me to come, it feels like, in the future.
1: You're going to be doing it all on your own. Yeah, well, you, you going to try and sack me.
0: Sack you well, yeah. from the podcast? Yeah. Until I find a, a more um, popular co host to, to take over
1: whatever find a new wife then
0: oh no <laughs> um but look you know what it's the sun is shining outside and i'm here in my gunji and bent
1: yes you are I Do you think c- i'm
0: sexy <laughs> Do you like my body that's those are the lines uh, i used to woo jojo b when we first met yeah because she loves the accent of a northern man
1: Scottish, not northern, actually. That's still northern,
0: you well, know. Well, yeah, it's still I, I, north I, of here. Sc- uh, Scottish, as in uh, the accent of fat bastard of Austin Powers, <laughs> mimicking there. Talking of fat bastards, I've put on three pounds this week. Have you? I've put on three pounds. And I don't know people are like, yeah, three pounds is nothing, bruv. Don't stress. Like, the older you get, three pounds is something.
1: But to put you on a diet?
0: Yeah, is a Jenny Craig diet still around? The what? <laughs> Jenny Craig. Remember Jenny Craig diet? No. Jenny Craig? Don't you remember Jenny Craig? And a Slim Fast. You can put it on a Slim Fast diet if you want. Where are all the... You know, like back when we were kids and stuff and used to watch that morning TV and the weekdays and there'd always be like some kind of like, you know, motivational fitness expert that would be showing you like moves. Was to... he called
1: it the motivator? There what?
0: was Mr. Motivator. Yeah, that's yeah. It. yeah, And before that we had, I think it was like Lizzie. Do you remember Lizzie from uh, TVAM? One...
1: Yeah yes i do vaguely remember she used to her.
0: have like the kind of the headband really permed yeah. out hair yes like come on guys oh my
1: god and um
0: yeah so we used to watch that in the mornings and be like you know one day i want to be as fit as that lady but where are those people now where where are the the motivational you've got davina mccall now yeah that's that's all these like little videos and stuff but you know like you're just switching on terrestrial television and seeing a fitness expert that's quite inspirational because that's so that 80s appeals... that is so 80s obviously <laughs> We're showing our age here, but I, f- I feel there's a there's a there's a market out there still for those people. Maybe you should do it. Me, yeah. I, I put on three pounds. Change your career. Should we do this whole weird? You know, like they show the before and after. You know what I mean? Hi, I'm Swami Varakas. This is what I used to look like before. I've lost three pounds on the Jenny Craig diet. Oh God! I just want to get physical. Phys- I think like maybe you can the do next Slimming step- World, like I used to do. You used to do swimming world, yeah. I did, but
1: then because I <laughs> was have was it to...
0: another hobby drop No, because
1: I have so many different dietary issues. It was really hard to fit everything in. Yeah. But anyway, forget yeah. your diet issues and your weight issues. Uh, you look lovely, my darling.
0: Unbelievable. Do you know what I mean it's I, like... you look,
1: I didn't even notice? You look lovely to me
0: all the time. It, the, all the all three pounds I think are on my neck. Like my <laughs> I've got a fat <laughs> neck, fam. I look at pictures of my neck, you know, from when we were married. Yeah. I look at that neck and be like, do you know what? That's such a lovely nape.
1: Yeah, I used to have a collarbone as well though But my collarbone is nowhere to be found anymore So don't worry about it That's because you
0: always wear polo necks And those kind (laughs) of tops So you can't even see it these days I've got a fat neck If anyone's got any uh, tips or pointers On how I could lose weight on my neck uh, Feel free to send me uh, some advice and stuff I'm open to all ideas Man's desperate fam To lose weight on his neck
1: Okay so on that note.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, what's happening? So we've taken a, a couple of weeks break, so we'll have to go back on things that happened almost a month ago mm-hmm. and discuss how how we got on. Uh, from those who people who still remember us or are still listening to these shows, you'll know that we were on BBC Asian Network a few weeks back.
1: Yes. We, oh God, that feels like forever ago, doesn't it? You're
0: telling me, fam.
1: God, and I was barely alive that day as well.
0: <laughs> how, you know, we were back then, we were young, innocent and naive. Yep you know look how far we've come yeah and immigrants we get the job done you know (laughs) we're going to be talking about uh, our review of Hamilton in the second half of the show Um, but first of all uh, yeah Asian Network how do you feel our appearance went
1: I mean given that I wasn't feeling very well and I wasn't quite with it that day I think it went really well
0: can we also say that your work never let you come on the show
1: well, that's because I had been I had been off work. So I couldn't kind of go, Oh can I take a day's holiday now as well. They were like, uh, I think we need to see you. So this I went This is how in.
0: this is how real our show is. We're real people with real lives.
1: And do you know how real it was i couldn't even find a meeting room to go into so i had to sit in a quiet <laughs> corner right next to the printer so i think if anyone was listening they could probably hear people having printer chat while they were waiting for their their stuff to print out yeah and uh and i was sitting there going no copying the phone trying really hard to like mask any background noise yeah never mind
0: we are real fam glam in it Gl- bruv, this is the life that people aspire to you know how the other half live, but anyway, yeah. No, really enjoyed our appearance on there. You know because uh, uh, Uncle Desai, who was the presenter that day, yeah. really nice guy, and, really you know, lovely. And they got chatted to him beforehand, and he, he said how much he really enjoyed listening to our first show, and that he said his exact words were, "This is the kind of relationship that I would like."
1: Ah, I was
0: like Uncle, if you want JoJo B, what? twenty thousand camels, how rude. I can drive a hard bargain. Um, but yeah, big up, big up, Asian Network for having us on. Um, Asian Network have had a bit of a hard on for me recently. It feels like
1: there's an image for you. Yeah,
0: <laughs> please don't send us any Photoshop gifs uh, of that image. Thanks. No thanks. Um, but you know, I've been on. I've, I have to say, I've been on frequently in the last. Yeah, month. they love you. Maybe they should just give you a job. Well, one of the producers that day did say, "Oh my god, it'd be amazing if you guys had a show on here." And I, I mean, like,
1: I, I genuinely think that would be amazing. So, if anyone wants to make that happen,
0: you're talking my language now, baby.
1: Please, please, let's start a petition.
0: Let's start a petition. Yeah, let's start the petition. The Native Immigrants on BBC Asian Network. Or Uh, any of
1: the BBC radio stations.
0: Yeah, actually, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, exactly. We're open to all ideas. But I've been on quite frequently recently talking a lot about my beloved Liverpool, obviously being in the Champions League final.
1: That means you'll be back on again soon, won't you?
0: I presume that will be the case. (laughs) Champions League final coming up Saturday. Come on, you Reds um but also which is a really weird one the day after our appearance on asian network hmm. uh they they called me up and said um oh hi i know you've just been on the show i can't remember the name of the girl now and she was like uh i know we, you were on yesterday's show and stuff like that but do you mind coming on again please and i was like okay uh what's it about she said, it's about boldness boldness and i was like boldness
1: you're so confident.
0: That's sort the of thing. I was like, there. how am I going to talk about how, you know, like how brave and chivalrous I am in the face <laughs> of adversity? And she was like, you know, because recently there's been a whole thing about alopecia and, and the fact that you can now. So I was like, oh, you mean baldness? Oh. Uh... I've heard this throughout my life and a lot with Asian
1: yeah, people. Yeah, they don't know the difference between bold and bold.
0: Yes. It's like bold and bold.
1: I know because I'm northern, it kind of gets a bit confusing, but it is definitely bold and bold.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I've heard through my life, yeah, that guy's bold. I'm like, okay. um. He's
1: a very confident man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, seriously. You know, he's a person I want to start the forefront of my battlefield when I take on my arch nemesis. Um, Yeah. why? And it's the same as like, you know, loose and lose. Oh,
1: yeah. No one can spell that. Come on. Loose, lose.
0: Yeah, it's saying it, but everyone puts double O for loose. Yeah, you know, for loose, and then single O for lose for for loose. You're like, I'm messing <laughs> See? myself up, Eva. I'm, I'm a victim of my own, you know, my own downfall. There. Um, but um, but yeah, so um, for some reason, so you were
1: talking about being a bold, confident man with a bold head.
0: <laughs> Precisely. I just said, you know what? Like this stage of my life, I really don't care. My missus is happy with my bold head. Yeah, I love it. My bold head. <laughs> For fuck's sake, shoot me now, people. It's a joke. Um, also, uh, I want to say a big shout out to my bro, Shadow. For those people who don't know, Shadow is a rapper from the UK. He's sold like 25,000 uh, mixtapes up and down the country. He, he's literally a full time rapper, which is what I always wanted to do. But obviously marriage and mortgage held me back and I wasn't able Jack, to whatever. fulfill the dreams that I set aside for myself. You can't blame um, me for that. And I've had to now take out a podcast as a way of escape from the daily rigors of being a husband. A
1: podcast with your wife.
0: Yeah. See how <laughs> inclusive I am. Um But I want to big him up because he checked out our podcast and actually used the word ame in a normal sentence in real life. Yay. No. I'm- A May, A May, even you should say.
1: And also, do you know what else is a May about? uh, Shado, go on. That he's been on Ninja Warrior UK.
0: My God,
1: (laughs) that is awesome.
0: So Shado uh, was recently on Ninja Warrior. He made it through to the semi-finals of the show. Yeah, he was awesome. And he was brilliant. Um, unfortunately, he didn't make it through. Um, he, oh, it's really hard, though. It is incredibly intense. Yeah. Um, and you know. But he's pretty much a, a ninja in his spare time. Yeah. So um, I wouldn't put it past him to come back next year and overcome that crazy obstacle course. Um, but we love that show. and, and oh God,
1: it's great Saturday viewing.
0: It is nuts. Do you think we'll ever get a chance to go on it ourselves? Joking?
1: I think we wouldn't even make it past those pads right at the beginning.
0: Yeah, because what we'll do is, because we'll have to do it together. We'll yeah. be to go one by one. And I would just chuck you in straight away. And like, and, and three, two, I, one, and just push you in.
1: I can't swim, so I'd die there as well. So.
0: I think it probably comes up to your kneecaps, you know, oh, just okay. putting it out there. Um, but yeah, so Ninja Warrior, come find us 2019. <laughs> Um, but I also want to say that Shadow's having a show coming up in London at uh birthdays in Dalston on the 8th of June. I
1: love that venue.
0: Yeah, we've seen some great acts perform there. And now another one, Shadow, will be performing there on the 8th of June. You may even see us there. Nice. So support my bro, Shadow. Um, and thank you for checking out the show, my brother. And also, we've got another rating on itunes oh, did we yeah i know you said to me why are you thanking everyone that gives us a review yeah like, cause because
1: we get loads and so you know we're inundated with people trying to tell us they love us yeah well, we've, we've is- got
0: like six <laughs> <laughs> we've got a, a very small number of people and i feel like <laughs> i don't think it'll take too long of our show to start shouting out a few of these people fine. um so i want to shout out billy 0872 billy 0872
1: yeah Is there a clue in that birthday?
0: I have absolutely no idea. But the fact of the matter is that person said, awesome show.
1: Well, thank you, Billy.
0: (laughs) Billy 0872, big up yourself. I'm still wanting to encourage people to review us and rate us on iTunes. You know, like I said, every time we have a review, we're going to shout you out on our show. What bigger incentive is that? I can't even fathom.
1: What more do you want in life? What
0: more do you want in life than to be bigged up by the native immigrants on this show? it would be the pinnacle of your existence. Yeah. So please review, please rate us on iTunes uh, and to stop the man just shutting us down.
1: Yeah, mm. fuck the man.
0: Fight the power, fuck the man, Jojo yeah. B. Right, okay, so getting onto the show. On episode two of our Native Immigrants podcast, listen back to it if you don't remember what we spoke about, but we actually had a little um, topic on Indian superheroes Yes. Um, And, you know, what our thoughts were on Indian superheroes and what we'd love to do if we were superheroes ourselves. Yeah. Um, And one of the people that you actually spoke about uh, during that day was uh, Hannah Simone.
1: Yeah. Who
0: um, was putting forward uh, a pilot for a show called Great American Hero. Yeah. Uh, What we found out this past week, however, is that that pilot was rejected. Oh, no. By ABC. It's really sad. Um, Yeah, they filmed the pilot. And she plays a a lady called Mira, who's a 30-year-old from Cleveland. And um, she actually inherits like a super suit that protects the planet, (laughs) you know. So it would have been, you know, like a great look for a female superhero. Yeah. And ABC decided not to pick it up. You know, Hannah Simone herself said, we just found out that network TV isn't ready for the first brown female superhero on TV. The Greatest American Hero won't be on ABC this fall and our hearts are broken. This would have been history-making and so empowering for young girls around the world.
1: Maybe Netflix can pick
0: it up. I hope someone does pick it up because it'd just be awesome to see, obviously, an Asian superhero, let alone Asian female superhero That'd on TV. That'd be
1: awesome.
0: Um, you know, so hopefully, Hannah Simone, fingers crossed that you find another platform to get this show out there.
1: Hasn't there been something in the news about another Asian superhero, though? Well,
0: I'll have you know, that's exactly what was going to come on to next.
1: Oh, that's good, because I've been in a kind of feverish state during my illness, so I haven't been able to, like, read too much. Oh, so. well, what's
0: happening in the outside world? Well, Kevin Feige, the Marvel president, um, has actually announced that Miss Marvel... Will appear in the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: Who's Miss Marvel?
0: Miss Marvel is actually a Pakistani American character.
1: Oh my days.
0: Called Kamala Khan. Wow. Yep. And uh, she's almost like uh, someone that's inspired by Captain Marvel, which is uh, Brie Larson. we playing that role coming yeah. out next year. And they're hopefully going to have a, a spin off movie with Miss Marvel. Oh, my God, that's amazing. It's an, it's an awesome look. We'll see. Let's see if it actually happens first. <laughs> I would love to think that's the case. And they've they put the feelers out there to say that there's a chance that this character will be appearing in the MCU. Um, and the fans online, actually, mm. uh, want Priyanka Chopra to play that character.
1: Well, that would be awesome.
0: It would be um, a great look.
1: It would be good to get a Pakistani actress doing it, I was just going to say,
0: the Muslim people are up in arms about this, talking about the fact that they wanted a, a Muslim representative to play that role.
1: But I guess it would be nice to get a Pakistani female actress out there doing it. Yeah. And yeah. repping. Because... Something like
0: Nargis Fakri would be good, just off the top of my head.
1: She'd be awesome.
0: Because she's really cool. Like, she's got that weird kind of quirky... Yeah. Um, you know, because we saw her in Spy and stuff. And she played this, like, crazy badass in that. But every time you see her on, like, social media and other things, she's just, like, really bubbly. And she she doesn't take herself nice to... mix as yeah, well. Yeah, she doesn't take herself too seriously, it feels yeah, like. Yeah,
1: because I think she, she's from New York, isn't she, originally? She's definitely American. Yeah, and so she has that very kind of American side to her. And then but also is very Asian as well at the same time. Yeah, And so I think she kind of bridges that gap quite nicely. might be quite a good show actually.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It would just be, like I said, it would just be great to see an Asian female superhero in yeah. any which way is possible.
1: Is Priyanka Chopra just the only one that they know of? Is that why? It's it's her or like, Mindy Kaling, basically. <laughs>
0: it's like Mundi at the Bunch all over again, isn't it? <laughs> Do you, know what I mean? you know, we have one one track out there on mainstream. We have one <laughs> actress out there in mainstream. I do so. love Priyanka though. We'll actually be discussing Priyanka Chopra later on in the show when we discuss the Royal Wedding. Yep. Which also took place this week. Um, but just before we come to the break, I really want to rant, basically, oh uh, on the ECB. You know. Oh dear. This to uh, go on a bit. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan of cricket. Everyone everyone knows that. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, people who don't know me won't know that. I am a fan of cricket people and, and specifically a fan of Indian cricket. And... This past month, uh, the ECB announced the ticketing for next year's World Cup, which will actually be held here in England. Okay. And it's a ballot system, which is, I'm incredibly pissed off at. Oh initially. dear, you hate those. I, do you know what I really hate? is the fact that real cricket fans miss out on watching these games. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to stop the monopoly of Indian fans having all the tickets uh, when going to see India games and a number of other matches during tournaments. Uh, we were there at the Champions Trophy back in 2013 when it was, no exaggeration in saying, almost an 85% Indian <laughs> crowd um, because we managed to get hold of tickets. You know, we were there quickly, got them very, very soon. Um, and, you know, I think that's something that they're trying to alleviate.
1: But does that just mean that the, the Indians or the Asians within Britain are the ones who are watching cricket. Nobody else is.
0: Yeah, well, in, in essence, exa- that's exactly what people say. And actually, the ECB are trying, they've been trying for the last 15 years to try to get more Asians into supporting England uh, at cricket. You know, it's it's a difficult one because, you know, there's the whole, <laughs> but you guys were born here, so you should be supporting England. But when you've got India playing cricket, and it's something that's so ingrained in our roots, yeah. from our families, from all of the people around us, you can't not support India. India is like ingrained in our blood.
1: Yeah, I guess maybe the, the following generations, they might feel less and less. But because our parents come from India, and we have that real strong connection still, like, that's always going to be our team.
0: 100%. And plus, you know, our parents and their generations were the first ones here to, to really take that on and, and find a sport that was very much ours, you know, yeah. and something that we actually thrive in. It's like the only sport that India thrive in on a global level. This is true you know for a,
1: a population of 1.2 billion they're not very good at any of the sport
0: they're decent at uh, shooting
1: and hockey well they used to be good at hockey yeah
0: hockey they were the dons yeah. back in the 50s um but since then uh wrestling i guess you know jinder mahal you know? <laughs> He's a bad man, i don't think it? that counts obviously we saw dungle and stuff so they've got some you know females that uh, really repping in, in wrestling and boxing yeah. as well um, but obviously we're still that's still a growing developing sport cricket is the sport yeah you know um but i'm incredibly pissed off that the ticket pricing for this world cup next year is just incredibly imbalanced the india games are the most expensive tickets
1: what surely there should be like a same price across You'd all think, of think
0: especially because it's a ballot system surely there should be one price for everything because not a lot of people will get Allocated a ticket for games that they really want to go see. Oh my god! But the most expensive tickets for India games are two hundred and thirty-five pounds. The cheapest are seventy. Wow! And if you compare that to watching a game like Pakistan versus Sri Lanka, it would be a great one-day international. The most expensive ticket is seventy-five pounds, and the cheapest is twenty.
1: No way! So there's
0: such a massive divide between the two Damn. to two different ticketing strategies. I can understand that. The, the India games will be the most in-demand games. But I kind of feel that the ECB has exploited that to another level with the, the huge difference in ticketing prices.
1: Yeah, that's really unfair.
0: You know, it's incredibly soul-destroying uh, for uh, fans of India that are not going to get a chance to watch some of these games. Not a fan of the balloting system, not a fan of this price strategy because they know unfair, that Indians are the, the only it? people that are going to be buying tickets to watch games.
1: Yeah, that's really unfair.
0: Fuck you, ECB. Yeah. Right, on that torrid note... <laughs> We'll be back on the second half of the Native Immigrants where we're going to be talking about the Royal Wedding and also Jojo Bia and I managed to go see Hamilton at the theatre.
1: Oh my God, how did we even manage to get tickets?
0: It's unbelievable. But we're going to be discussing that shortly coming up. Welcome back to the second half of the Native Immigrants Podcast. I'm Swami Barakas. And I'm Jojo B. And right now, we're going to be discussing our trip to the theatre to watch what is probably the biggest musical of today.
1: Yeah, definitely of recent
0: times. Of recent times, Hamilton.
1: I don't even know what to say. Where do you start? It's just mind-blowingly amazing.
0: It's mind-blowingly ame. Um, hey, yeah. Is what it is. Awesome.
1: It lived up to the hype.
0: Um, Right. So just a little bit of a backstory on Hamilton. Um, Well, first of all, this was at the Victoria Palace Theatre. Yep. And it's basically about the American forefathers. Yes. In essence. Uh, JJB, why don't you tell us a little bit about Alexander Hamilton himself?
1: Well, I will. Um, He was an American statesman and um, one of the founding fathers. So he was so involved in so many key parts of what america is today i can list them for you if you want so he was uh, one of the main interpreters of the u.s constitution and he he wrote something called he wrote 51 out of the 85 of the federalist papers which is something that kind of people refer to even now to be able to understand the constitution and understand how to kind of apply the constitution to -to day-to-day law and stuff sure so he did that. He uh founded the um, American financial system, wow, including the American National Bank. Um he set up the US Coast Guard. Um, he founded the New York New York Post newspaper. Um so much stuff. It's like a long long list basically of things that he did. So he was really integral to into making America what it is into now. That,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy how up until this this production came out i don't I don't think anyone had really even heard of Alexander Hamilton.
1: No, and I think that is because he came from a background that I guess a lot of Americans at the time maybe his peers didn't really approve of
0: of course
1: um he was an immigrant
0: yeah, hundred percent
1: he was an immigrant who played a massive part. In making America what it is. And I think that people didn't like him for the fact that he was an immigrant into America. He was from the uh, West Indies originally. Yeah. Uh, he's from a place um, called Charlestown on the island of Nevis. So in, in terms of St. Kitts and Nevis. He yeah. He's yeah. from the island of Nevis. Um, uh, you know, he was half French. He was half Scottish. And then he went to America. Yeah. As an orphan. Um, he was, like, taken in by a merchant. He was orphaned, and then he, um, he, he was taken in by a merchant and sent to America for his education and then just made America.
0: Yeah. <laughs> as easy as that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it wasn't that easy putting together this entire production. Uh, the mastermind behind it is a gentleman by the name of Lynn manuel Miranda. And um, he was basically he's a one-time teacher... Um, And he actually read uh, Ron Chernow's epic 800-page biography of Alexander Hamilton, um, basically while he was just on holiday. And having read the entire thing, he realized that there was something within this context that it could be something a lot broader. Mm -hmm. Um, And he actually pitched to Ron Chernow saying it would make the perfect subject for a hip-hop musical. <laughs> Obviously, you know, that's going to be slightly taken aback because there is no real hip-hop musicals.
1: Well, he did In the Heights as well before that. Oh, yeah, of course, um, yeah. And that, that was a hip-hop musical as well uh, with lots of dancing and stuff. It's really cool. But, um, but in a
0: historical context, no, it's, that's, it's, it's groundbreaking. Yeah. Um, you know, so after some persuasion, Chernow basically agreed. And, um, you know, he then wrote the entire, entire play uh, in, mm-hmm. in rap format. And then he first performed the opening number at a White House Poetry Jam back in 2009. And then from there, it actually, it just spiraled out of control and, and basically made it onto Broadway. And the rest, as I say, basically is history. Uh, you know, it's got plaudits from critics and and viewers alike. It's yep. got five-star ratings across every publication more or less yeah um for me it's great because as a hip-hop fan myself to see hip-hop in this form um within a a period piece in that format is awesome and it it just goes against the norm and it
1: totally works though that's the thing that's the thing that when you see it and the context that it's all in it makes perfect sense and it completely works and it really does carry the story forward.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it absolutely. It's brilliant. Yeah, because the actual, you know, the actual um production itself, when you talk about Alexander Hamilton and his his journey, it was almost against the norm, the way hip hop is, you know, yeah. and it actually it went against the fabric. And it's great because uh this the play has been such an issue for so many purists of theatre. You know, there has been so much praise, but there's also been a lot of backlash because of the fact that it's not your typical theatrical production in the fact that it's all done in rap so in a way the story of alexander hamilton was something that was against the grain it was against the fabric it was almost quite revolutionary and so is the play itself in the fact that it's in it's taken up this hip-hop concept and completely gone out of the box and smashed all the stereotypes into pieces and i think that works in its favor completely. and that's the reason it's got so much praise from critics because it's something of which, the likes of which people have never seen.
1: Well, it's got 11 Tonys, it's got one Grammy, one Pulitzer Prize, and seven Oliviers.
0: Well, that tells you all <laughs> you need to know. It's probably got loads of other awards as well. And but, it will continue to win more, yeah. um, you know. I, I, I love the fact that it's a story about the American forefathers, and it's played by a predominantly all-black cast. Yeah, it's brilliant. You know, and you know, again, it just for me, by having that, it just overemphasizes the revolutionary ac- aspect of the story, you know, in the fact that it's the struggle. And by having, you know, predominantly black actors in a theatrical world in that aspect, also, again, you know, emphasizes the revolutionary aspect of, you know, struggling and, and trying to achieve something, you know, and trying to, you know, progress something. Um, you know, I think there's this so many elements of it which are incredibly powerful.
1: Definitely. It was so refreshing to see basically. It was there was people of colour and on stage finally being able to find roles that um that they can do, like main roles, key roles. Yeah. And it was brilliantly done.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, Hamilton himself, he was he was a, a really intelligent guy, you know, very core to his principles, but he was also really flawed as well. Well
1: he's a man, isn't he? So he's just a person.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I think that they didn't they didn't shy away from that. Yeah. You know the fact that he had you know, carnal desires for, you know, other women. and
1: Don't give away too much. Uh,
0: yeah, sorry. we don't want to give away too, too much, um, you know, because there's, there's so much of this story, I think, I feel that needs to be taken in in depth. Only way you can really do that is by watching the musical itself. Yeah. If you can get tickets for it. Man's got his ticket last year for this. I
1: know. You, literally had to
0: wait like eight, nine months.
1: You were well prepared when the tickets went on sale.
0: Everything that needed to know about Hamilton, I've heard about it beforehand. Yeah. And as soon as they said it was going to come to London, there's no way I was missing out on this production. Yeah, you know, because you know, again, I'm a uh, I'm a rapper and I love hip hop. And so all these little little mentions of like, um, you know, or little samples of like Grandmaster Flash and Mobb <laughs> Deep and there was some Biggie in there, there's some DMX, there was yeah. all like little references in there and stuff that that fans of that music could immediately take hold of, you know, yeah. um, which I absolutely loved. Um, and I loved, I loved that whole, you know, just like my country, I'm young, scrappy, I'm hungry and I'm not throwing away my shot. And I think it was that line itself is so... It's it's a great metaphor for the entire production as well. This was like a we've got one chance at this. We're gonna make this work and I'm not throwing away my shot. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to another level. I'm gonna take it to the next level. Try and stop me. And that's exactly what the play's done.
1: Yeah. Brilliant. And I would highly, highly recommend listening to the soundtrack. There's a something called the Hamilton mixtape. Yeah. Which has songs from the show. Plus a few other songs that are done but, yeah, done by all artists. They've
0: take, influenced from the show or yeah. stuff that they've kind of like um, taken from lines from the show and things like that that inspired them basically. Yeah,
1: I know it's on Spotify because that's where I listen to it. I'm sure it's on iTunes and all sorts of stuff as well. So go and give it a listen.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. It's an amazing soundtrack um, and an amazing cast, awesome singers. The whole cast just delivered exceptionally for me. Brilliant. It's one of those plays now I kind of feel because I'm a fan of rap. I have to listen to it a few times in order to get you know, to get all the metaphors and get all yeah. the, la- you know, the little nuances and stuff. And you could follow the whole play without having any issues. But I feel like it's one of those shows where I need to listen to it a few more times or yeah. watch it a few more times to get all the little lines. Yeah. Obviously, I've got a mortgage to pay. And yeah, we can't, so can't, can't fork out that much money. All the time. Yeah. You know, so, um, but yeah. Maybe we- when
1: we're in New York next time, we can go and watch it again.
0: Wow. Maybe they can sponsor us to go over there and review it for our show.
1: That would be amazing.
0: Okay, so, you know, uh, Broadway, if you're listening (laughs) and you want uh, Hamilton reviewed on a world-class podcast of which there's millions of listeners, bring over the native immigrants. Get in touch. We prefer first class (laughs) rather than business. I, I did love the George Third character was one of my highlights in this. Oh I my God, say.
1: brilliant, brilliant.
0: It was just amazing comic relief in between all these serious parts. Um, it just, the whole play works on all levels. You know, I'm not just saying that as a fan of rap, as a artist myself, as a rapper myself. I've seen so many productions. We recently saw like Young Frankenstein, but I'm a, I'm a fan of the theatre. I've been going throughout my life. But Hamilton is honestly something else. And it can only be comprehended when you watch it yourself.
1: Yeah, go and get tickets if you can.
0: Yeah, see if there's anything still available. It's
1: really worth the money. It might cost an arm and a leg, but genuinely you will be entertained.
0: Absolutely. Big up Hamilton and most importantly, big up Lin-Manuel Miranda. I can't overemphasize it enough. It's awesome. Go watch it. It's (laughs) Amé. Right. What else has been happening, Jojo V?
1: Well, there was a little something, a little event that happened.
0: Oh, pray tell.
1: I think it was called the Royal Wedding. So we uh, saw the beautiful nuptials of um, Meghan Markle. Yes. And Prince Harry, who have now become the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Sussex,
0: yes, indeed. Um,
1: and, you know, again, because I haven't been very well, I'm, I've turned into a bit more of a sap than I usually am. Yes. And, you know, woke up early and watched it with you. You, you know what? were barely as old. I you? actually
0: was. You know what? Like, because there, there was so much hype around this particular wedding. You know, in the run up to it. You know, a lot to do with the fact that Meghan Markle isn't uh, a white English lady. Yeah. You know, so there she's was, older
1: than him. She's divorced and all that kind of crap. Yeah,
0: she takes all the the cross boxes yeah. on the pamphlet. Yes. Um, you know, so it was it was a real kind of curious thought process and exactly how this wedding was going to pan out and what direction they were going to go with specific things. Yeah. You know, because, uh, you know, for William's marriage, we were actually in Nice. We were. We, we went were. on holiday. We were like, allow all this hoopla. We're going to get out of the country, be away from it. And even then, we still sat in front of the television and watched it. I
1: know, there's a group of us, wasn't there? We all sat and indeed, watched
0: it. Indeed. <laughs> on you know, a sunny morning in, in Nice. In lovely Nice. <laughs> um, but this time around, we thought, you know what? We're going to check this thing out. And I, do you know what? I will say I actually really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was going to be different because it had to be because it had to represent her and her background as well as the establishment here. And also, you know, Harry's the only one who's a little bit different to the rest of the to the rest of the family. So he was always going to be slightly different. And it was really nice because it felt like you were watching someone's wedding video like it felt really (laughs) small and intimate even though the whole family like the whole family the whole world was watching it yeah you know there was like two billion people
0: yeah two billion I think yeah
1: basically the whole of China the whole of India was watching (laughs) it you know what I mean like it was those huge numbers and but it still managed to feel very small and intimate and kind of you know like a family wedding
0: yeah you almost felt included
1: And I am not a royalist at all, you know, like 100% I'm not, you know, drain on the taxpayer, all that kind of bullshit. But it was just nice to have a moment that was like a happy moment, rather than just the depressing shit we see on the TV all the time. It was time to take, just to take and watch two people who were very much in love get married. And yes, it probably did cost us quite a big chunk of money. But she also contributed to that herself which i thought was really nice she paid for her own dress i think she you know she's funded she's paying for their their honeymoon oh really yeah so like i said the bride
0: side should always pay for the honeymoon so big up for keeping up tradition thank you very much
1: but she's like she's bringing her money with her she's an independent woman and she's bringing that independence with her as well so that was really nice I think there's like little things then there that people want to hate on her because she's American, because she's half black. A people don't want to say it because she's half black yes. and that kind of stuff, you know. But who cares? Like she's she's here and she's going to change things. Well, I think there will no. be a change. Yes, she's not going to be queen, you know, unless the whole royal family gets wiped out apart from her and Harry. Like she's not going to be queen, but that's OK because she can still have an influence and she can still make her mark and do things that she wants to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, she did very much stand out in this particular wedding because, you know, her outfit got a lot of people saying, oh, you know, it's quite simple. It's very...
1: That's what I said. I thought, oh, it's got no beading on it, nothing. It was just really plain. Yeah. But then actually you could see her face because of it. You looked at her face because she was wearing something very elegant and, and yeah, kind of refined. Yeah, she pulled
0: it off. You yeah. Know, I she, and, you know, I've got a lot of time for Harry. I know he's a bit of a crazy nutter, but in a way, I almost like... I quite like that about him. He's a real rebel. But
1: he was like a troubled youth. His mum died and he had to play that all out on TV. Yeah. And he was really young. And (sighs) he's you know and he just went off the rails like a lot of people do when they lose a parent that young he went off and he started drinking and he started hanging out with probably the wrong crowd and all that kind of stuff and did some stupid stuff but that doesn't mean that he hasn't grown up he's like a 30 year old man now like he's grown up now
0: yeah and he's done a lot for charity you know you've seen all the work he does for the invictus games yeah you know so he has you know he's almost become an epitome of what princess diana was he's
1: very much his mother's son i think
0: 100 percent you know um he goes around the world numerous charitable causes so i've got a lot of time for him and i love the fact that he bopped through in a van <laughs> my man he smashed it
1: you know, even on the bbc they were like is this them no it can't be them
0: oh it is them he just bopped out in like a normal like van that you just pick up stuff from like costco in and um it was great because i said on social media the fact that you know he came through in a van but asian man's blown entire wedding budget on hiring a maserati for 10 minutes but
1: you did know. you see what car he went to the party in
0: uh, was, it Ast- no, was it Aston no was Aston the he was a jaguar e-type big up <laughs> you know spend all the money on the reception why why bought through and uh you know spend all that money and on, uh, uh, on the wedding car um but yeah he he absolutely smashed it um let's let's talk about some of the people some of the attendees
1: so the best bit for me was watching the guests come in of course because I love that we love a bit of red carpet stuff don't we
0: yeah so
1: yeah you know, this is the equivalent watching them walk down the the little road through Windsor and uh yeah My favourite part, well, actually, there was a couple of favourite parts I had. Firstly, it was um, seeing Amal Clooney.
0: Amal Clooney is a modern day Bond girl because she's incredibly intelligent and incredibly beautiful. I feel I feel like calling her Bond Girl just does a disservice. Yeah, it does. Because, but she's the ultimate. You know, like that's the kind of woman that people would desire to be with.
1: She's amazing. She's I think got she's
0: the best of both worlds.
1: Yeah, she does amazing humanitarian work, and she's like you know she's a human rights lawyer and stuff. And then she's also incredibly beautiful, and she's married to George
0: Clooney. Yeah, George Clooney almost looked like the the you know the older riffraff on her the end of her arm.
1: Well, in one newspaper article, there was a picture of her, and it said Amal Clooney with husband. <laughs> Which is awesome.
0: It's been like when like, Tom said that this is Jojo jo B's show and her husband as a yeah. co-host. Yeah. Look how we just, like, just likened us to Mark Clooney <laughs> and George Clooney.
1: <laughs> if only. If only. She looked beautiful. She looked stunning. Um, and then there was the highlight for both of us, I think.
0: And not just for, uh, you know, <laughs> stereotypical bias. But Big up Priyanka Chopra.
1: Oh my God. She just looked awesome. We both kind of screamed when we saw her. Well, I screamed when I saw I, her. And man's not scream,
0: fam. <laughs> I mean, man's only scream at Liverpool score or Brentford score. Just saying.
1: All right, fine. But I screamed.
0: You did indeed. But you know what? It's it's just, it's crazy because it's that whole thing of seeing an Asian face on TV. Immediately you're like, oh my God, it's one of ours. They got invited. One of ours got invited.
1: But also, it's Priyanka Chopra and we love her.
0: Big up, much Chopra. You know she, you know she's done things the right way. She, um, you know, started off being Miss World, which people forget now these days. Yeah. Then got into Bollywood. You know, made loads of crap films. You know, then and towards- Dostana, and Dostana. This is a brilliant film. Um, and then made some like quite critically acclaimed films towards like the mid part of her career. Yeah. Then got into the bigger mainstream films, which took her into a stratosphere. And since she's gone over to America, she's gone strides within that industry with, from Quantico what's
1: that Quantico you mean Quantico Quantico
0: big up Anu if you're listening um, Quantico and uh, then films like Baywatch know it's quite shit film it was a terrible film but she's mixing in those circles yeah and so she, and she's really good friends with Meghan Markle and which she, I didn't know yeah it's weird it's, it's, all, it's weird all these like you know non-white mainstream TV actors <laughs> just find a way to find each other and like let's just hang out because we don't know what these other people are doing <laughs> You know, let's just vibe. Um, And so, amazing, she got invited and she looked stunning as well.
1: She was wearing Vivienne Westwood. Okay. And a Philip Tracy fascinator.
0: Fascinator. It's
1: like the hat thing that she was wearing. Okay. And then, um, yeah, in the evening she wore Dior, which is beautiful. Big up. Sparkly dress. But I did see as obviously there would be, some kind of non-entity politician in India saying, oh, why couldn't she wear some Indian clothes? Why wasn't she wearing a sari? Why wasn't she representing all of those, you know, those fabric makers and all of that kind of traditional stuff? And we should be, you know, she should have worn hand loom and all that kind of bullshit. She can wear what she wants, basically. She went to a wedding. She wanted to wear a lovely outfit by Vivian Westwood. She wanted to wear a lovely dress by Dior and she wore it. That's great. If she wants to wear it, she can wear it. If she wants to wear a sari, she can wear a
0: sari. It's up to her. Yeah, I've you know I'm. It's a, it's a difficult one. I'm I'm always about representing your culture, representing your roots. But you don't have to wear it twenty four seven. Your face <laughs> defines who you are, shows who you are. Yeah, you know she's she's represented India throughout her entire career. And she whether still it's does. From, And whether it's in Miss World, whether it's in all the Indian media, all the Indian films that she's done. It was a, a royal wedding. Why can she not wear Westwood? Does she have to wear Manish Malhotra? Or can she wear Sabya
1: Yeah. Well, you know? I mean, look, if she wanted to wear Sabya or, you know, Manish Malhotra or anybody else, she could have done and she would have looked stunning because, quite frankly, she'll look stunning in anything. She wanted to wear something by Vivian Westwood. She wanted to wear something that maybe blended in a bit more. And that's fine. Like, you wear whatever you feel comfortable in. I've been to weddings and I've worn dresses. I've been to weddings where I've wore saris or lengas or, or, you know, Punjabi suits or whatever. I wear what I want when I feel like wearing it. Like, it's just whatever I feel comfortable in. Yeah. And screw anyone, especially some non-entity MP from India, you know, having a say on
0: it. There's always going to be something wrong. There'll always be something to complain about. There'll always be something to rant about. When, th- when things like this happen especially when there's famous asian faces on tv yeah you know we're we're blameful for that sometimes ourselves you know as as people watching these things but you know for someone like priyanka chopra to be uh, invited to such a high profile event that's a big enough plaudit in itself you know and she was there and represented asians throughout the world um and i thought it was awesome and she looked amazing um, the rest of the suits cast all looked brilliant. Yeah, Bex looked amay as I well. Mean, um, why does
1: anyone else bother? To be fair,
0: yeah, I've you know, most of this week I've seen on social media the woos for David Beckham has come from men. Yeah, you know, so you know this the, before it was like the days where you used to be like fuck you Bex because you play for United. Now it's just like can we be friends?
1: Yeah, well, yeah. I only wish you were friends with David Beckham.
0: <laughs> I wish you were friends with Amar Mark Clooney. You know, just putting it out there, uh, but yeah, big up the royal wedding. I know it's not got a lot to do with the Native Immigrants podcast and being British Asian, but you know what? We're a married couple, and
1: we're British, so and, it's got a lot to do with being British.
0: Absolutely. You know, we enjoyed it, um, and it was just a, a very pleasant event. Big up Reverend Curry as well.
1: Oh my God, that was so awesome! It was just brilliant. He just he was like. He went against everything that was that was there. He was so the opposite of the establishment, and you could see it in their faces with the smirks and the side eye glances and all that kind of bullshit yeah. that was going on from the you know the upper class white people there. But he represented what Meghan Markle and her mum are about, and he represented something that the royals could never represent. And it was just really nice to have that there. And actually. For me, he was one of the highlights because he was really interesting to watch. And he was, um, the things that he had to say were really powerful. Yes, he went on a bit. In, you know, he, I think he overran by about five minutes or something. yeah, Or like 10 minutes or whatever. But he was brilliant, I thought.
0: Yeah. And, I, and my favourite part was him talking about slavery to a room full of people whose ancestors practically invented the slave trade. Yep. You know, so that was a big slap in the face. There was a lot of like, uh, you know, sweat behind the collars for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, so screw you, Camilla. And screw you, Eugenie and all those other people who were like smirking and trying hard really Yeah, Sarah hard. Phillips
0: had a really like jaw drop kind of face and stuff as well, which, uh, which was quite funny. Yeah,
1: she just looked like... I couldn't tell if she was just like in agony from sitting down because she's so heavily pregnant. Yeah. Or if she was like, what the hell is going on here?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Fuck knows. Um, But I also want to big up uh, Sheku Kane Mason, who was the cellist uh, for uh, a brief period when they were signing the register.
1: He was so stunning. Like that, the music that, oh, God, it was
0: brilliant. It was really captivating. Um, It summed up the mood perfectly yeah um i've seen a lot of the meme videos where they've, they've they've replaced that music with uh shahrukh khan doing the violin and which has been <laughs> hilarious the internet won that day on the royal wedding i, I salute you the internet it, twitter was on another level big up the royal wedding yeah all in all uh, right so we're coming up to the end of this week's native immigrants podcast uh is there anything else to touch on
1: jojo b just one last thing um many of you probably already heard about a young girl called kaya patel she's a five-year-old from Northwood in northwest london um, and she needs a bone marrow donor uh, because she's um, got a rare form of leukemia Oh man! and unfortunately um she's been given two months to live oh, so man. they're in kind of in desperate need to find a donor very quickly but because she's asian there are just so few donors available yeah. so if you want to help, um, please do check out the Be Kaya's Donor page on Facebook and Kaya is spelled K-A-I-Y-A. Um, or go to the Anthony Nolan website for more details on how you can donate if you want to be a donor. Yeah,
0: that's really, really sad. But it's also a very taboo subject as well with Asians, you know, especially with things like blood, bone marrow, donors, You know, and now thalassemia as well, and another big subject, especially quite prevalent with our community. Yeah. So please do check out the Anthony Nolan website and and find out any ways that you can help because it's a very important cause and you could potentially save a young girl's life. Right. Well, that's the end of another episode of the Native Immigrants Podcast. I've been your host, Swami Barakas. And I'm Jojo underscore B. Big up yourself. I will see you again very soon, people. Peace. See ya.